Hey, what's going on? I'm Anthony Valadez, host of Public Space, and uh, we're back. A brand new episode today with Flowing Points. This one was recorded pre-COVID, but he's such an amazing electronic producer, an amazing person with lots of insight about how the environment and how geography shapes the way he hears music and the way he views the world. And I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. And of course, big ups to everybody who's been uh, hitting me up, who have been fans of the podcast, who have subscribed. This is really cool. It's really a fun outlet for me to conversate and talk to some of the great creatives from across the musical spectrum. Previous episodes include Little Brother, Ambar Lucid, The Marias, and a few others that are just St. Panther, God, Coffee. It's just amazing. DJ Shadow, the legend, and they're going to get better, stronger, and I'm really happy that you're on this journey with me. Shout outs to our producer, Stacey Carter, and of course, everybody at NC Podcast for making this happen. It definitely requires a team and a village. And um, yeah, so let's check in for a little bit. Brand new president-elect, Joe Biden. That was exciting when I heard the news. I was driving in Hollywood and I just heard the streets roar and I heard everybody just lots of positive vibes. And I couldn't help but to wonder what was it like in red states? Like, what did it sound like there? I'm sure it had to be different. But regardless, um, as I always say, it's a pendulum change and um, looking forward to what happens in the next four years. Most importantly, don't forget to be safe. Wear your masks. It's amazing what these numbers are looking like with COVID. And, um, you know, I hope that this podcast is an outlet for you to kind of turn off your brain and listen to two people talk about some really cool things. And I, I hope it adds value to your life. So with that being said, we're going to jump into this episode with floating points. It is Anthony Valadez public space podcast. Let's get into it. We're here sitting with floating points, complaining about the LA architecture and structures of transportation there's you, lots of good stuff going on here but yeah the roads you mentioned good stuff i want to talk about joshua tree okay do you does that inspire you what happens to floating points when you're in joshua tree i just feel like it's two hours from one of the major metropolises of the planet and it's it's another planet yeah you're literally walking into one of the most beautiful and strange places in the in the world mm. and I, i'm very I'm very lucky to have seen a lot of uh, things on on the planet, and that that is one of the the places that just like has just blown my mind. Like in yeah. the light, the the rocks, the rock formations are just there's just nothing like it. It's like a there's a place in the middle of India called Hampi in Karnataka that it's kind of reminds me of 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 Joshua Tree, and I was told that there was um. When the uh, I think there was some like invasion by different sort of warring tribes of uh, Berbers and in in the area, and that the the boulders were the uh, result of the angels' teardrops falling from heaven on on the on the ground, and and uh, I, when I saw Joshua Tree, I was like, it's exactly the same. Mm. I like this idea; that these are sort of angels' teardrops that are kind of like the the rem- remnants of uh, of yeah. that from from heaven so and i'm not i'm not like religious or anything but that's uh it's, heavy, it's quite though. a nice little story for, even if you're not yeah. religious yeah. it's heavy angels teardrops uh-huh so, and, and it is if, if you know it's pretty amazing amazing space you know yeah i mean i'm sure everyone's been but there. and what's the inspiration like for you as a creative does it does it inspire you to create when you're in these environments hmm. or do you take in the moment and stay away from technology yeah exactly yeah. it's more like that but then there's there's this when I've been away, so at the moment I've been away from London for about three weeks. I've mm. been just kind of bopping around mm. all over the world, um, and 
not really doing much music, not really doing much stuff that is, you know, uh, you know, it's satisfying my desire to play the piano and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, you know, I know I'm going to go home in a few days, and I've, you know, had a whole bunch of experiences out here, and I'll get home and I'll just play the piano for like three days straight, and I'll make a load of music, and that's kind of usually mm. what happens is that I just get really, um, I really miss it. Yeah, to the point that once I get back into the studio, it's like, boom, I'm, I'm in, I'm in it. That's interesting because with me for travel, I, I tend to people say, what was it like going there? And it, the impact is more of when I get back home. Yeah, and it makes me look at home in a whole new way. My yeah, routines exactly. and, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it makes me reminisce. But yeah. it's more about after the fact. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. connecting the dots between that location yeah. and this location. Yeah, I feel like when I'm in it, I'm just kind of like. Uh, living day by day and kind of enjoying stuff but like i get home and then yeah it's reminiscing and mm. you know texting my friends like oh it wasn't that funny or like pictures or whatever and <laughs> you know and that's yeah that's uh that's where yeah I, I guess i don't yeah i don't really make music on the road that's the other thing i don't have the sort of means means to mm-hmm. um so or maybe i'm just being lazy i don't know <laughs> do you find that people are shocked by that because i feel like in this age of digital technology, yeah. people expect you. They think you're on your laptop making music. Yeah, yeah. I see all these like little, uh, you know, you see like a, an Apple advert of someone in their hotel room making a, yeah. some heavy beat on Ableton uh, mm. with a USB MIDI keyboard. I'm like, who does that? I go to the hotel room and I am dead. <laughs> I am asleep. Thank you yeah. very much. Like, Also, like, why would you go to another part of the world and stay in your hotel room get the hell out of your hotel room <laughs> and that's you a know, good point you're in Rome what are you doing in your hotel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know I mean, I'm, I'm taking the piss but, but it's uh, yeah, that's it's a good a, point I, you know, I don't really make my process also is really annoying I'm using like st- stupid old bits of technology that yeah. are totally uh, silly and uh, yeah life is a lot easier why do you say it's silly I'm curious well, you know, I'm using like tape machines, and like no one in their right mind should be using those things. Tape cassettes? No, no, like a oh, okay. multi-track. Uh, gotcha. You know, okay. Thing, so. Okay. And you know, I, it's just my process or whatever, and mm-hmm. sometimes can get in the way of it being convenient. <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. You mentioned process. One of the things I just discovered is that you also take live elements that you've recorded live and incorporate that into new music, like your new single, uh, Anisic Modular. Yeah, yeah. So talk about that. Well, so there's there's a few gigs at... Um, so my live kind of show at the moment is like it's electronic. It's very, very electronic. It's drum machines, it synthesizers, looping machines. And they're all kind of working together. And, and I, I kind of play through themes and, and and tunes that I've written like you know and mm. it's nice it's familiar and and um but there's moments where I go a little bit off piece and and the setup is such that I can just completely improvise the entire show if I wanted to mm-hmm. probably wouldn't be very good but uh, you know at least I've got the ability to go left at any point I want and that is something that um certain shows I I enjoy and it's often the smaller shows so mm. there's one gig in uh, Deck Mantel in Amsterdam and the, the festival's like on a sort of nice outdoor green space and there's these concerts in the evening mm. and uh, one of them was at the Music Gebouw in Amsterdam it's a beautiful concert venue like 800 capacity pretty like cosy and the system was like really you know I was in the middle of the system I was really like in it yeah. and I just went totally left and then 
Anna, who does all this sort of uh, oscilloscope sort of visual stuff, she's like, what the hell is he doing? And she, she started making some new sort of um, imagery to go yeah. with it, because like, she's using all these like os- oscillators and things. Um, and, yeah, I just sort of made uh, that tune, basically, kind of, kind of came out of that improvisation. And um, Marta, who's sort of doing my sound, she's sort of multi-tracking everything at the same time. So she's, like, recording everything. And then I got back to the studio, and I was like, I want to turn that into a into a track and in fact I started working on it in a hotel room in Melbourne so <laughs> so uh, you know Anna was sick and, uh-huh. and uh, so I was like you know kind of a bit of a loose end so I was just uh, I'm just uh, such a hypocrite I'm just like yeah I was in the hotel room it's duality <laughs> and, man it's and, duality and uh, <laughs> you know, I was a little bit bored and I just made um, I chopped up the audio from, from yeah. that recording from uh-huh. earlier on in the year and, and turned into that what makes you go left? I'm curious. Is it just in the moment? Yeah, and also sort of being comfortable, I think, to, to do it. So there have been... It's strange because running up to a gig, mm. I'm nervous. I'm like, like, I'm nervous right now about a gig I've got in two weeks. Mm. Like the idea of that gig, you know, I'm preparing for it and I'm working on elements of the show and, you know, how I'm going to weave between certain bits of music and ideas... But once it gets to show day and like, you know, the closer I get to that cliff edge and once I'm in free fall and the show started, I'm totally chilled. I'm like, it's just going to be what it's going to be at this yeah. point. And, and I do feel quite happy to walk on stage and even start singing stuff, like picking up my recording loops and my voice and stuff. And, um, and it's weird to be in, to th- sort of behave like that, I think. Because mm-hmm. uh, usually it's the opposite way around. You kind of get, increasingly nervous and then you sort of freeze at the gig you're like ah, ah. <laughs> but it's kind of it's it's starting to kind of be opposite which is quite liberating yeah um but especially when when i'm really comfortable and when it's like especially when it's a small gig i i feel like kind of really uh, part of the party uh, part of the crowd and i'm mm. just like well, yeah, fuck it like throw the faders down and it's <laughs> like let's start something let's just go for it yeah and and it's kind of a playful thing i guess just yeah like, let's please bear with me everyone you know here like whilst yeah. I you know give us a go like we had a show the Fondazio Prada in um, Milan mm-hmm. like quite a big gig like really nice everything was really nice the whole day was really nice and um, I just got a power cut halfway through the, the show mm-hmm. and like half of my gear is off and then half it's on still I was like scratching my head like everyone's <laughs> running around like losing their shit like, and um power comes on and I'm just like get on the mic and I'm like hey everyone mm. sorry I lost the uh, power there let's let's try and get back into it I'm going to start somewhere else like mm. and I don't I feel like totally zen to be that person now and I don't think I was ever like that I was going to ask you that so what were you like 10 years ago what would have happened what would old Sam do in a situation like that um I don't know like wish I was like disintegrating into like a, you know, <laughs> to a black hole um, I don't know because it's the second time tonight you said the word zen and I've noticed <laughs> that you're okay. coming to this new version of you versus I feel like zen is a new feeling you've been feeling um, or am I wrong have you always been zen <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it's a confidence with performing mm-hmm. for sure like of being I think it comes from DJing actually mostly mm-hmm. Of 
yeah because i think like early on djing i was going out there and be like oh you know i hope no one throws anything at me again <laughs> um and now i'm going out there being like i am so happy to be here like playing the music i love really loud mm. it's maybe a little bit selfish my sort of sort of feeling when i'm djing i'm just like i, I just want to hear this really loud and i'm really hoping and kind of happy that people are into it as well mm. um yeah and that's it comes from a really i feel like quite a like at least an honest place that i'm like going out there because i'm not exactly like going out there and playing like you know two hours of tech house like that's mm. not my thing like mm. yeah i love tech house but like i'm not going to play two hours of it because if you're no one at home's listening to two hours of tech house straight <laughs> I mean, maybe they are i don't know but, but you know if you're at home listening to music you're gonna go all over the place aren't yeah, you, you know? yeah yeah gonna go from armenian pop through to uh <laughs> you know the tech house as well i don't know it's like you listen to all sorts of things when you yeah, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of the way I do it when I'm DJing and, and that I guess confidence just to be like this is who I am this is what I do and, mm. and I, there's nothing I can do about it it's yeah. not going to get yeah. better it's not going to get worse it's just the way it is <laughs> and, and, and um, that's but that's that's DJing and it's actually quite um, it's quite an honest in, endeavour in that sense that I'm I'm not I'm trying to put on a you know as putting on a show, putting on a good performance. It's like, no, I'm just playing other people's music that I really believe mm-hmm. in, I really love, and I fully am behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I like seeing DJs that string that together in a really meaningful way, and that's the finesse and that's the artistry of it, and I believe in that as an artistic f- form. So DJing is, to me, artistic, but it's not to do with the music you're playing. Yeah. You know. So does that mean that there's less... Uh, not stress, but oh, maybe less stress when you're doing DJ sets versus live For sets. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you played with full bands. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a total joy DJing. Yeah, like, it's just, it's just like, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, it's, it's really easy. Like I go mm. out there, I know my tunes, I love this music, mm. and let's go, let's let's listen to it. You yeah. Know? Um, but live is like. I've got six flight cases which you've got to try and get onto an easy jet flight mm-hmm. and they complain because one of them's 33 kilos and <laughs> and then yeah. you, stuff turns up and it's broken and oh. you're backstage with a soldering iron and someone's yelling at you and because you've got like three minutes before you're on stage and you're like well I, but the adapter's just broken for the you know how do you do with that? That, I'm just li- I'm getting anxiety listening to you oh, say that. Got help, and I say, <laughs> <laughs> I say I'm backstage with a soldering iron. Poor old Pablo is backstage with a soldering iron, and yeah. uh, and Anna and and Tim, and you know, there's a whole crew. I mean, it's good. I've got like some some help now, but I mean, there was a time when I was doing it all myself, and it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a nightmare. And so, yeah, those things are stressful. Yeah. And actually, the doing the show in that case is the the one point of time when no one's bothering you <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, that's true and that is a weird thing to weird situation to be in where the only kind of good part of doing the show is the fact that okay at least like at least nothing can kind of go wrong now yeah you know, at least, you know, it's all set up it's all what's it like the aftermath after maybe performing live like what goes on in your head when you're in control of of this event or this party and then you're by yourself um how do you decompress yeah, I mean, definitely the live is, um, you know, it's like an edifying thing. I think it's an important mm-hmm. thing to do, and I enjoy it. It's interesting, yeah. I mean, I'm 
I'm not exactly like the most hedonistic kind of a, mm. you know, I'm not like partying and going crazy. And um, the nice thing about doing live is that there's there's my crew and they're my friends and the camaraderie of that mm. is wicked. You know, we have we have a lot of fun, um, especially at festivals. You know, and there's usually another friend playing there or mm. something else going on that we want to go and check out. So, you know, I feel very lucky to be able to tour and go and see music and obviously play it as well but like you know mm. to be able to go and see other bands and things play yeah um i really like doing like laneway in uh, australia because you're literally you're touring from city to city with um the same band so you're yeah. basically on tour with a whole Friends. bunch of bands so like we did it with pond and um tame impala and and uh just had the most wicked fun just like having like going from festival to festival to festival with mm. the same people and seeing everyone's shows every night and it's mm. just like totally wicked uh, wicked vibe doing festivals with with your with your crew and your crews uh, yeah um, so that's fun what's um, your takeaway with touring with other bands like Tame Impala does that ever when you see what works for a band does that ever kind of work its way into your music at all because I feel like your sound is you've got your sound but I'm always, I'm always wondering playing with other bands and, and festivals and, and, see, and seeing other bands play yeah I mean, uh, Tame Impala have, Tame Impala have got a, an enviable drum sound. That mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. it's like one of the holy grails of uh, live sound is uh, Tame Impala. Mm -hmm. And um, in fact, Parker, who did the sound for my band, mm -hmm. was their engineer early on. And uh, I, I mean, I love the process of sort of setting that stuff up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just want to get the best drum sound out yeah. of it the best guitar sound versus you know road sound because I want people to stand there and just be like this sounds amazing because every time I've seen Tame Impala I'm just stood there like what the hell is going on it yeah. sounds like a studio yeah but you're in like a yeah. I remember the first time I saw them was in uh, in Santiago de Chile mm -hmm. um, and it was like bananas the sound was just like so so good um that was maybe 10 8 years ago or something like that and it's just like it's an amazing amazing gig and yeah it kind of that seeing things like that just makes me want to you know mm -hmm. keep on trying to get a good you know good sound and yeah. it's different at the moment with the with the drum the electronic stuff because it's like i am mostly mixing it from on stage so I'm mostly in control of how bad it sounds out front, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never know. Like, yeah. because uh, you know, I've got a sound engineer I travel with. But he doesn't have as much control as as, um, mm. as he would would hope for. You know? Yeah, I want to talk about uh, two more things before I let you go. Um, Crush. What is the inspiration behind Crush? I mean, it's, I, I like the word. It's kind of got two meanings. Mm -hmm. One's quite benign, and the other one's like. I keep on thinking of this like the slow violence of uh, of you know increasing pressure on on something and and I'm feeling that the record was made the backdrop of of me just being glued to the news and current affairs globally and I thought I was reading the news to stay informed but actually I f feel like it changed at some point that I was looking for some sort of hope in the news I was like you know, tell me that Bolsonaro is not gonna like tear down more forests. Tell me that Donald Trump's not gonna have done some other crazy yeah. 
thing and tell me that Brexit's been cancelled, you know. Um, tell me that there's a little bit of compassion in the world. And and that's what I think I was looking for. To the point where I was even watching, like, the um, the live feed from the House of Commons, you know, the, mm-hmm. the UK Parliament, just to see, you know, what's, what's the latest, you know, like, I want to stay on top of it. And, and at every turn, it's just, like, more pressure is being put on on us and I'm just like the music I feel like is born out of that Mm. crushing um, just like piles of like bad news and uh, and, and I'm kind of trying to bust through it and so like I've got quite tight control of all the machines and it was a lot of you know a lot of the records quite heavily improvised and then there's moments where I really let go of the leashes and mm. rage comes out. So the end of environments, for example, is where I just let the buclo and everything just sing and like, mm. and like it's kind of like it's my rage, you know. And yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm probably still quite confused by it, but I, I'm I'm that, there's not much hope. But Greta Thunberg, you know, mm-hmm. a child, powerful, with, yeah, with yeah. giving giving us hope. What's interesting is you just said something that I had no idea that I was doing, that you just made me realize that I watch the news looking for, I want people to be held accountable for what they say and do, and I'm waiting for it, and I've been waiting for it for three or four years, and I feel like we're getting closer, but it's not happening. Yeah. That's that's such an interesting point. Yeah, the, the news isn't, you know, you read the news to stay informed, but actually maybe we're just reading it because we Want someone to tell us something good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting point. Well, that's how I. That's how I sort of see it now. I think that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, last thing before I let you go, uh, we were talking about food, <laughs> and I had no idea that you were such a foodie. <laughs> Gusta's your spot in Venice. Yeah. You mentioned a spot in Alhambra. Oh yeah, there's, well, there's two. Well, there's a bunch down there. It's like Chengdu taste, and uh, by the way, that was a horrible segue from. <laughs> Hope to food. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, someone can connect dots here. Um, well, I mean, there's like, you know, the the joie de vivre that you know we need to sort mm. of keep. Uh, I love being in places like this where, right now, we can hear some like, you know, Arabic, mm-hmm. you know, pop going on over there. We're in such like a diverse, multicultural place. Yeah. Um, you know, Spanish speaking everywhere. Like mm-hmm. this, California stuff, surfers yeah. walking by. This stuff should be celebrated. Yeah, not worried about. Like, have you, like, ever tried a you know a borscht? Have you ever like tried a taco? Have you ever tried a Szechuan mm-hmm. food? Like, how lucky like one can be to like be able to like taste all the flavors of the world. Yeah. And so, like, the idea of isolationism and, like, being scared of people seems so, like, like, idiotic. Like, it's total lunacy. It's like you're literally being delivered fresh culture onto your doorstep and you're worried about them taking your jobs and things like this. And this is the kind of thing I'm worried about in, mm. in the UK. Like, you know, this mm-hmm. is... Um, I'm speaking about the UK in sort of specifically because that's, you know, I know it, I guess, a bit better because it's my home, but it's it's happening globally you know and, and um i love uh exploring other cultures through my through my belly because you got to eat and uh, and yeah. and, and, and so 
and you know Chengdu taste yeah like Szechuan impression um, I remember reading all the the amazing Jonathan Gold rest in peace mm. uh, articles here have and you seen the documentary no Gotta but watch I, it. I was told about this recently yeah yeah yeah. amazing yeah, and he like, talks about what you're talking about just basically how you know immigrants come here and they uh, they share their recipes and it and it feeds lots of people and right. it brings it connects cultures and communities yeah yeah. There you go. I mean, yeah. oh, wicked! I've got to see this now. Oh, go yeah. watch it, man. It's yeah. Amazing. I mean, I just I I loved his uh, writing about mm. about food and um, yeah. I need to. Uh, I heard the other day that he's he was friends with uh, Carl Stone as well, who's this composer. Yes. Who influenced a lot of uh, this record for me as well? Really? Yeah. So there's a track that's amazing. Sonali on his uh, on this compilation. Mm-hmm. So there's a guy Keith from Mexican Summer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He put me onto this record uh, of you know it's a yellow cover music from the seventies and the eighties by Carl Stone. It's like a compilation of, of his stuff, and this uh, tune called Sonali. Apparently, all the tracks are named after Korean restaurants in LA. Yes, right? <laughs> like, yes. And um, and so Sonali is like um, was a huge inspiration for like for me for uh, for like this record, the opening track, and um, was kind of already starting to take shape. And then I started listening to that and I was like I feel like there's something he's doing here that I kind of want to do on on this track and he's kind of chopping up opera samples or something and Mm -hmm. turning into something completely different treating it really percussively yeah so I started exploring that as well he uh, he spoke at at, uh, not to get too deep into this but he's uh, I I DJ'd um, Jonathan Gold's memorial in downtown LA and I met Carl Stone and he did a live performance. Oh, wicked. And I was really blown away. He wow. takes the samples of yeah. different communities and cultures and puts it into the music and, and it was all inspired by Jonathan Gold. And apparently they would go and they would eat in local eateries. Right. And Carl Stone would go and create a, a song based off that experience with Jonathan Gold. No way. Yeah. And I was just <laughs> so amazed. And you know what? It's so interesting because I've never I've been I haven't had this moment where somebody knew who Carl Stone was, <laughs> and I try to tell people, and here you are, right? And uh, yeah, such an interesting experience. all the way from London talking yeah. about like uh, LA food scene, how it somehow <laughs> ties back to yeah uh, to uh, Carl Stone, connecting the dots. Yeah, floating points, it's, man. We appreciate you. any final thoughts before I let you go. I'm kind of like I'm. I got a smile on my face. It's nice, uh, nice to be here. Nice to chat. Yeah, likewise, man. Thank you so much. Nice one. Peace. Public Space is a production of Next Chapter Podcasts. NCP elevates bold, authentic voices to enlighten and inspire audiences seeking truth and human connection. Check out ncpodcast.com. All right, everybody, we're out. Stay tuned. Follow us on socials. Find me at Anthony Valadez and uh, more episodes coming your way. Have a great week. Peace.